Good morning and welcome to the River of Life Sunday Morning Podcast. If you're local to Wakulla County, we'd love to see you and worship with you in person. Our Sunday morning services begin at 9 and 11 o'clock. May God bless you and we hope you enjoy the sermon. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, this morning, we want to ask you to forgive us for just getting into a normal routine of life. And forgetting just how special you are. How glorious you are, Lord. How powerful you are. Father, this morning we ask you to forgive us. For being so focused on the problem. We have forgotten about the Savior. I ask today, Lord. Today would be the day that you would begin revival. In our hearts and in our lives. Today would be the day, Lord, that we truly would be changed. We truly would have something to talk about, something to share. Lord, and most of all, we would have a Savior to show to the world. So now, Lord, I pray that you would remove all our distractions. You would open up our hearts, our ears, and our eyes to the true truth of your word so that we will truly be your people. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This morning we will be in John chapter 9. John chapter 9. So there was a boy who was born blind. And unfortunately, in the day and time when he was born, they didn't have all the special services like we have today. In other words, there wasn't a special school for him to go to. There wasn't braille for him to read. In fact, basically... They almost considered him useless and worthless because somebody being blind in a very rural, agrarian, agricultural society really couldn't do anything. I mean, how do you send a young man out to plow the field if he can't see the field? How do you send him to pick the weeds if he can't see the weeds? How do you have him do things if he can't see it? So here's this young man that he has grown up all of his life, useless, so to speak. His only means and his only way to make a living is for somebody to take him to town and set him in a place where he could beg for food, he could beg for money, so he could live. And of course, just like in our day and time today, if you're going to be a beggar, you don't isolate yourself. You go to the most popular place in town. This man would sit near the temple gate. That way when people came to worship the Lord to come to give their their sacrifices, they would see this man here, they would have pity on him, and they would give him something so that he could make it another day. This man goes through this process over and over and over again until he had an encounter with somebody. And that's what we're going to find out today. John chapter 9, verse 1 says this, As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? They they just thought when you were born with the problem, you sinned or somebody else sinned. Notice the way Jesus responded. It's not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. 
In other words, God allowed this man to be born blind because God wanted to show off his power in this man's life. God every now and then allows things to happen in your life and my life, not to be mean to you, but just so he can show off his glory, just so he can show off his power to the world who so desperately needs to see that there is a God who is in control, that there is a God who sees where you're hurting, that there is a God who cares where you're at so that he can help you. In fact, if you go over two more chapters and you read in brilliant in chapter 11, where Jesus, one of his close friends, Lazarus, dies, been dead for four days. And Jesus once again said, this is why this has happened, so that the Son of God will receive glory for this. In other words, God wants to do some incredible things in your life. God wants to do some incredible things in my life so that the world that is hurting around you can see just how great, just how glorious he is. So here's a man, he's born blind. Jesus says, the reason why he's born blind, because I want to show my stuff. That's Chuck Coburn paraphrase. <laughs> Verse 6. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with saliva, and spread the mud over the man's eyes. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means scent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. Hallelujah. Now, I, I don't know why God does some things sometimes. I mean, why would God spit in mud, rub it in your face? But let me tell you what, when you're in a desperate time, in a desperate place of life, you ought to allow God to do anything and everything he so chooses to rescue you and to help you. And some people today are being a major, major problem in life. And what you won't do is drop your guard to allow Christ to do some very unorthodox things in your life so that he can cause you to be set free, that he can cause you to see, that he can deliver you from your sins, he can deliver you from your bondage, basically that he can save you. I'm just amazed that he takes mud, rubs it in this man's face after spitting in it. Because, I mean, come on, let's be honest. If you knew a man was spitting in mud and was going to rub it in your face, would you let him? More than likely we'd say, that's the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. But you have to understand, God does a lot of bizarre things today to astound doctors, to astound people, so that they'll know how great and how glorious he is. Verse 9, the story picks up. It says, His neighbors and others who knew him as a beggar asked each other, Isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said he was, and others said, No, it just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, yes, I'm him. I'm the one. That's me. Notice what verse 10 says. They asked him, who healed you? What happened? He told them. Now he's getting ready to tell the story. I'm going to tell you what happened to me. The man called Jesus made mud, spread it over my eyes and told me to go wash in the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed and now I can see. A man who had been blind all of his life says, let me tell you my story. I've got a story for you to know that there's this man called Jesus that healed me. Church, I want to tell you this morning, there is a man called Jesus that loves you, that wants to heal you, that wants to help you. You just have to be willing to allow him. 
Now, because Jesus has done this on the Sabbath, he's broken a rule. After all, you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath back in his day. So now the, the religious leaders are upset with him. In fact, they're ready to stone him. Even though they're ready to stone him, he still has mercy and compassion on this man. Now they're going to call the guy in to see if he is going to actually tell what they've heard. You know how it is. You need a second opinion. You want to make sure you heard the story right. So they call the man in. And verse 25 says it all. This man is explaining to me. He says, I don't know whether he's a sinner. The man replied, but I know this. I was blind and now I can see. See, I don't know all about this Jesus Christ. All I know is that I was blind and now I can see. He didn't want to get into debate with them. He really didn't know who Jesus was. All he knew was that this man called Jesus saved him. This man called Jesus rescued him. I mean, after all, you know that, that famous phrase, I was once lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. It is the most famous hymn of all time, Amazing Grace, that was written by John Newton. John Newton's who mother died when he was six years old, who kept getting into trouble after trouble, finally got into uh, selling slaves. And one night when his ship was sinking, with slaves, he begged the Lord to save him. And when God saved him, he not only rescued his life, but he rescued those men on the ship and he changed his entire life from becoming a man who used to sell slaves to a man who helped set him free. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Wow, what a story. And this morning, that's what I want to speak to you on. A story to tell. Do you have a story to tell this morning? I mean, ask yourself honestly, do you have a story that you can tell people? I mean, think about that. What kind of stories are you hearing lately? I mean, when you're with your family and with your friends, when you're out, out in the public, when you're at work, are they ones of miracle and, and the glory of God and what he's doing in your life? Or is it typically one of gloom and doom pertaining to pandemics and divisions? What kind of stories are you telling? Are you telling stories about God's love in your life? Are you so focused on the doom and gloom and the pandemics that that's all you can focus on? See, our world, our friends, our neighbors, they do not need to hear about the doom and gloom of this world. Rather, they need to hear of how great and how glorious God is in our life. We need to get back to telling a story that the world so desperately needs to hear. Today, our typical conversations have no longer been around the Lord. They've been around other things, other concerns. And I, hear me, church, I understand there are concerns in our world today. I know that. I'm, I'm one of those people living where you live. But what I do know is that it's almost as if the enemy has put a muzzle on the Word of God. It's almost as if the devil has quieted the church because the church is no longer talking about the greatness and the goodness of God in their life. The church is more concerned about the convenience and how we're going to handle things around each other rather than really talking about the truth. And because of this, basically, Satan has quieted us down. 
I'm guilty. I got to reflecting back over the last few weeks of my life, and I think, you know what, Lord, forgive me. I've talked more about doom and gloom and how to handle the doom and gloom rather than talking about what you're doing in my life and how other people need to hear what you're doing in my life so they can have the same freedom. They can have the same peace. They can have the same thing going on in my life. Church, don't let the noise of this world silence the sweet, saving sounds of Christ. Don't let, yes. Don't let this world silence the sweet, saving sounds of Christ. They need to hear it. They're struggling. They're looking. Well, the question we then ask is, why? Why all of a sudden have we gone quiet? Why have we kind of almost just quieted down, taken, you know, the fifth where we're not talking anymore? You know, we're going to be the silent partner. What, what's, what's happened to us? Could it be that maybe first of all, you just don't have a story to tell? I mean, that could be the truth. You need to ask yourself that question this morning. You know, the reason why I truly can't talk about God's saving grace in my life is because God's really never saved me. I, I don't remember a time when God has set me free so I could dance on the grave that we just talked about, that, that I could walk away from my drug addiction, my alcoholism, that I could walk away from past pains and past hurts. You know what, Pastor Chuck, to be honest with you, the reason why I can't talk about that, because if I had to be honest this morning, it's never truly happened to me. And that's how you know. Listen, if you can't talk about what God's done in your life, there's a possibility he's never done anything in your life. I mean, here was a man born blind, and he could never talk about God setting him free and sin, because up until that point, it never happened. But once it had happened, let me tell you what, I guarantee he was going anywhere and everywhere to tell people, I can see, I can see. We need to be going anywhere and everywhere we can in our normal conversation saying, I can see, I can see. The problem is, is that we've been lulled to sleep by the enemy. The enemy has set us doing good things, not the great things. He's allowed us to focus on safe things, not the savior things. And pretty much we have fallen asleep. We've been, you know, it's kind of like one of these messages you hear, hopefully it's not at River of Life where... The, the passage just rattles on and on. And finally, you just go to sleep. I mean, you know how that goes? I heard somebody say they took my tapes on just so they could get their kids to go to sleep. You know, I don't know how true that is, but it may be. But the problem is, is that we have gone to sleep. And I think this is the key to our problem. You may be familiar with this verse. You may not be. But let's look at Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. This is what it says. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb... And by the word of their testimony. Now notice the word in red. The word in red is a conjunction. The word and. A conjunction means that it comes alongside. It's a part of. They're like two sides of the same coin. See, what we've done is we talk about the blood of the lamb. But we're not given the word of our testimony. So that means we're not overcoming the enemy. Now, now read the verse. I mean, try to focus. Because I don't want you to misunderstand me. You say the blood overcomes everything. Not by this verse. The blood does overcome your sins. But if you're ever over going to come to the enemy, it's got to be done also by the word of your testimony. And if your word is not going forth, if you're not going out sharing the goodness and, and the greatness of what God's doing in your life, then you'll be defeating every day. 
Let's look at this one more time. How do you overcome the enemy? How do you overcome your addictions? How do you overcome your problems? How do you overcome those hard workers at your work? You know, those people you work with? Praise God, I don't work with any of those. They may work with one, but we won't go there. How do they overcome it? By the blood of the Lamb, which means that is salvation through Jesus Christ. I have a salvation experience through Christ. I have, I have laid myself to Him, asking Him to forgive my sins, but I've also, also I have a word. I have a story to tell, and I'm telling my story. So when the enemy wants to depress me and defeat me, I remind him of the story that Jesus has given me. When the enemy wants to destroy me, I remind him of the story that Jesus has given me. We have to be about sharing the story. See, I remember, I remember years and years ago when we were still in Sop Choppy, there was a high expectation every Sunday morning when we came into church. We had prayed during the week. We had been birthed in revival. We were experiencing revival. But there was a high expectation every Sunday we came in. I think today when we come to the church, there is an expectation for you to get a good word from your pastor, to have some good worship. But are you really expecting God to move in such a way that this county will never be the same? Are you coming with an expectation that when we meet this morning, that God's going to move in such a way that our lives will never be the same? And I don't think we're doing that anymore. I think we're showing up. I think we're trying to make sure we keep our distance and we're keeping our distance from God now. And I think we're just being here so that we can just have a good service, good word, and then we can go home. When we should be showing up with an expectation to say, God, I know today is going to be the day that you're going to pour your spirit out. I know today my friend's going to be saved because when they walk in that service, Lord, we've been praying, we've been seeking you, Father, and it's going to be great. See, that's the way it was almost 20 years ago. We came with that expectation. Not that we demanded it from the Lord, but we knew because we expected God to do that and we prayed for God to do that, God just wanted to show His glory and God did that. I'll never forget one Sunday night, we were just having a normal baptism. Having about two or three people baptized. You've got to remember, this is back in the old days. And the moment it started, you could feel the presence of the Lord rolling in that building. Best of my memory, we wound up baptizing like 28 people that night. Listen, they didn't have clothes. They didn't care. They just wanted the presence and the power of God. They didn't care they went home wet. They didn't care what other people felt. All they knew was that Jesus had called them and Jesus had saved them and they wanted their life to be different. That was the power of God. That was Him showing His glory off, not only to us, but to them. We probably went on for two hours, which only went on about an hour that night. All because we expected God to do an incredible thing. We need to get back today to say, God, I'm coming this morning. Lord, not only because I need you to do an incredible thing in my life, but God, my friend... My family needs you to do an incredible thing in my life. And God, I want you to do something so glorious in my life that I'll be able to share it and show it with those around me who are hurting so they'll know how special you are. The reason why God does things in your life and my life is so that He can receive the glory. And that's what we need to get back to. We need to be fervently praying, God, give me a story. 
See, I can share a story over 44 years ago when I met Jesus Christ. I remember that as clear as day. But that's an old story. still a good story. Because that's the best miracle that's ever happened in my life. That God saved me. He changed me. But I want to share one recent. Because God doesn't want to give you an old story. Guess what? God wants to give you a new one. God doesn't want you sharing about your war stories forever. God wants you to share about what He did in your life today. God wants you to be able to leave this building today and go out tomorrow and say, let me tell you what God did in my life today. So here's my story this week. So I had a message prepared. In fact, I had been sharing it with some people. So for those I shared it with you, not the message, right? I had the message. And Wednesday morning, um, it was time for me to pray. So for over four years now, I've had a major, major issue with this shoulder. Uh, I can't raise it above 90 degrees. uh, Major pain. I've gone to MRIs, they've given me cortisones, they've given me everything they could, and finally they're like, we're just going to have to scope it and see what's going on in there because we can't figure out what's going on, which doesn't surprise me. I'm always the oddball out. I mean, nobody just looks at me and goes, oh, you're a normal case. Well, I'm, I'm always the, the weird guy. So, so I, I have a doctor's appointment on Tuesday because my, my shoulder's in severe pain. Um, they make an appointment for me to see um, somebody at TOC so they can figure out what's going on in my shoulder. I'm talking about when I go to bed at night, I have to figure out how to maneuver myself to sleep because I'm in so much pain. Can't raise it above 90 degrees. So I'm in the shower. And once again, if God can spit mud, spit in mud and rub it on a man's face, God can do anything he wants to whenever he wants to. So I am in the shower. Well, let me read back. Sunday, I went to Blackie's and, and fell off a tube. And I mean, I'm talking major pain. I'm like, okay, Blackie, I'm done. I mean, I wasn't out there five minutes. I'm like, I'm done. So I'm in the shower Wednesday morning praying. I'm like, Lord, I've got this sermon you want me to preach, but something tells me this is where I'm going. And as I get ready to reach up to wash my hair, and you got to understand, when I wash my hair with my shoulder, I kind of have to do this. And when I started to reach up, I went. For four years, I could not do this without major pain. And in a brief moment in my shower on Wednesday morning, bam, I am healed. That's my story because my God loves me. And he wants to know you, that he loves you. And he wants to work in your life and help you in your life if you just let him. That's my story this week. Hey, but it gets better. I got more to share and I'll share that in just a few minutes. But God's got a story for you. And he wants to use you to share your story with other people so that he can set them free. But if all you're talking about is doom and gloom, It's over. God wants to give you a story this morning. So when you leave this place, you go, wow, God has given me a story and I can't. Let me tell you what, my family, the moment I came out of the shower, I told my wife, I'm telling everybody that I got, man, God has, God's healed me. Was I looking for it? No, I really wasn't. I was planning on going to TOC on Tuesday. Now let me tell you what I did Thursday morning, because here's the devil. I look at my appointment. I go, should I cancel that appointment? I went, if I'm stupid, I won't. If I'm a child of God, I will. Picked up the phone. Hey, listen, I don't need to come see you. I'm great. She said, are you sure? I said, I'm positive. I don't have a shoulder problem anymore. Thank you. I went ahead and said, Lord, you've healed me. I'm going to trust you've healed me. And let me tell you what, my life over the last five days have been incredible. (laughs) So God wants to give you a story to tell. But not only that. 
God also will use some of the hardest times in your life to give you a story. It doesn't mean God's always going to heal you. I've been a diabetic for over 44 years. You say, well, why God hasn't healed you? Because God's using my diabetes to profound other people. So when I became a diabetic, that was long before the days of blood kits and insulin pumps. I mean, you, you had to do some strange things to keep your sugar level correct. I mean, they didn't have any of that. Um, and the two most things you had to worry about were amputation and blindness. I mean, that was the common cause. Well, my mama prayed. And the Lord said, don't worry about him. He will never go blind. So I am 44 years in the making of a diabetic. I'm 51 years old. I have 20-20 vision. And I have no signs of diabetic retinopathy. And what's interesting, every time I go to the optometrist, and I'm going shortly, he's going to look at me and he's going to go, this is, you cannot be a diabetic this long. There's no way somebody's been a diabetic this long. You have no signs. And that's when I get to brag on my Jesus. That's when he uses my sickness to brag. Sometimes God puts things in your life so that you can use that thing to brag on him. So just because maybe you're not going to be healed of an illness today, God may want to use that so you can brag on him in other areas. Listen, it's never slowed me down. Sitting behind the table a little bit too much has slowed me down. But my diabetes has never slowed me down. Do I want to be healed? Oh, I'd have loved to have been healed. I've stuck myself more than I care to talk about. But let me tell you what, I'm glad that when I go shortly to see my optometrist, I get to brag on my Jesus. It's my, it's, listen, you may not be aware of this, but River of Life was born in revival, but it was born in a very hard time of revival. It wasn't like we just transitioned from First Baptist Stop Choppy to River of Life. Church, it was a time that we had to make some serious decisions. We had to pray. There were many nights that we wept and we got before the Lord. But let me tell you what, what was so true about that. I, I'll never forget this as long as I live. We had, if my memory serves me correctly, we had six millionaires and one multimillionaire leave the church. And they said, you'll never be able to support your staff. And I remember sitting down with Henry and Diane and we just said, listen, if we got to get another job, we'll get another job. God has birthed something within us and we're not turning back. And your senior pastor and your youth pastor at that time, we made a commitment that we would not turn back. God had birthed something in our life and we couldn't let it go. And the more we sought after the Lord, now let me tell you what, the more he blessed us. Church, they left, we got a raise. I'm honest to goodness. Hey, that's the Lord. When God births something in you, you let it go. Hey, listen, God's going to lead you. It may be challenging. Let me tell you what, there will be a story after a story after a story to tell. You always wonder where Pastor Henry and Pastor Bill and Pastor Chuck and Pastor Rocky gets all these stories. We're just asking God to use us and lead us. Listen, you can come up with all these stories too. Ask God. God, I want a story today. See, God wants to give you a story. And, and not only does God want to give you a story, but he also wants to give you a story that maybe come in a hard time of your life. But last, God also wants to use you so that other people will have a story to tell. 
That may be hard to believe. But you may need to pray. God use me today. So that other people will have a story to tell. I promise you this morning. I've been praying all morning long. God use me today. So somebody will have a story to tell. So let me tell you how this message was birthed. Last Tuesday. Um, I went by uh, Angie Myers. She's one of our board members wives. Todd's wife. And. She has a beauty salon. I went by the, the beauty salon and she's got a worker in there by the name of Denise. And Denise has just recently moved in, has no clients, starting to get a little frantic. And Angie said, Pastor Chuck, could you just pray that, that God would send her some clients today? And as I knelt down to pray for her, I said, Lord, today, I pray you'll bless Angie. God, today, I pray that you will give her clients so many that, Lord, she'll be overwhelmed. Lord, today I pray that you'll give Aunt, uh, Denise a story to tell. God, would you bless Denise today with a story to tell? Later on that afternoon, Angie sent me a text. Denise had 10 new clients today. All because I just listened and was obedient. See, God used me, not for me to show or to brag, but God used me so somebody else now has a story to say, I was struggling financially and a member had enough cause and concern to pray for me and God's blessed me. There are so many ways that God can use you. It may not be out and open in the public. There are a lot of different ways. Listen. Our church was birthed during prayer and revival. And I believe that's the only way it's ever going to be birthed again. And uh, I wanna, I'm going to ask Chip to come up and, and just share with you a few minutes. This is Chip. Uh, if you don't know Chip, Chip's in the back. He's one of our sound guys. And uh, Chip was sharing with me something last night that I just thought, wow, this is incredible. Morning, everyone. Be careful who you tell your stories to. You might end up holding one of these one day. <laughs> so last week, uh, close to the end of the service, I escaped from the sound booth and I went and sat in back row and just started praying because I like what Henry said. You know, I kind of agreed with all of it. And so in my, my normal prayer, you know, yeah, let's you know, do that here. Let's, let's have a revival or something like that. And part of it was in the language of the Spirit, part of it was in English, and I, and I think... God then said to the Holy Spirit, is that the best he's got? Um, and, you know, I've known this, but it was kind of reinforced that, that I really believe God respects energy. If I put some energy into it, he's going to answer. If, if I don't, just a normal, boring prayer that's like, okay. Because I found myself starting to talk louder. And, and I, I remember bits and pieces. So I remember it was about, you know, well... God, are you looking for someone that will just put it all on the line and say, I want to do this, I'm in? That's me. You know, it doesn't matter if anybody else says yes or no. And really, that's at a time like that, that's really the only time that I'm in that it's all about me thing. You know, I want to be in on this, you know, because I've seen it happen in my history in other places, you know, back home in Buffalo. Yes. So... Then I felt something I really had never felt before. I might have felt it before, but it's been a long time. Because the next thing I found myself doing was confessing any sin I had. Mm -hmm. 
Not that I knew of any, but it's just like, if there's anything in the way, get rid of it. If I've done something and I'm ignorant that, it would, that, that it's getting in the way, get rid of it. Because I want to be clean in front of you. And then that's when we started singing. And then I'm praying as I'm singing, and I honestly can't get the words out. That's how strong the Spirit felt. And I says, I'm praying, I'm praying for revival. I want to see the Holy Spirit dumped into this place. And since I lived in Buffalo for so long, like Niagara Falls, because Niagara Falls, it's a lot, yes. it's constant, and it never stops. You know, I want people, when they come in, to feel that, to feel that, hey, there's something different here. I don't know what's going on. Yes. You know, I can see people driving by coming in. You know, there's something going on in that place, and I don't know why my brain is telling me to go there, but go here. You know, let us be the place to start and see what happens. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Thank you very much. Thank you. What if we all agreed this morning? I'm going to start praying. And I, I wholeheartedly believe in my heart there's going to be somebody that's going to come in this church one day, and they're going to say, man, I don't know what it is. It felt like Niagara Falls, because, see, that's going to be the key. That they're going to understand that a man prayed and prayed and prayed, and because of his prayer, they're here. So you can pray and pray and pray, and because of your prayer, people are going to come through this door and their lives are going to be changed. Now, I don't want to limit you to that. I, I want us to be out in the public sharing our story. But I do know that if we're not praying and we're not asking God and we're not expecting God to do some great things, we won't see it. God is about showing off His glory. And He wants to show off His glory so that you and I We'll see it. Angel, the video. The glory of God is the manifest beauty of His holiness. It's the going public of His holiness. It's, it's the way He puts His holiness on display for, for people to apprehend. The heavens are telling the glory of God. What does that mean? It means he's shouting at us. He shouts with clouds. He shouts with blue expanse. He shouts with gold on the horizons. He shouts with galaxies and stars. He's shouting, I am glorious. Open your eyes. Do you see it? Do you love it? You were made for this. I'm made for this. This is why I exist to see that. Everything is pointing to that. All the glory that I thought was so attractive is going there. This is all husks and ashes. Now we see through a glass darkly. Then, face to face, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us. So, the glory that's coming is of such an all-satisfying, infinitely beautiful, totally need-meeting and joy-producing kind. Eighty years of pain will be as nothing. This light, momentary affliction is working for us an eternal weight of what? Glory! Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. God 
is aiming that we see and savor and treasure his glory, the riches of his glory. So I ask, do you see it? Do you love it? And I'll say again, you were made for this. God has created you and me for his glory. And today it is my prayer that you will allow the Lord to show off his glory in your life. Today I pray that for those who are struggling with areas in your life, that today you allow the Lord to set you free so that you will be able to show off God's glory. See, they expect that from your pastor. But when you get up and go to work tomorrow and they see the change in your language, they see the change in your attitude in your life, they'll know, man, something happened to you. And that's when you'll be able to say, yesterday, as long as I'll remember this, I met Jesus. And man, did He give me a story to tell. Our prayer this morning, and from now on, should be this. Lord, give me a story to tell. Pray with me. Father, I ask today, for those who have heard Your Word, Father, I pray that You will quiet the enemy, and Holy Spirit, You will rise up. For those who have struggled all their life, Lord, with areas and issues, that today, Lord, will no longer because you will give them a story to tell. So I pray for those who are hurting, Lord, for those who are searching, for those who are wanting, that today would be the day that would mark history in their life. Because they will never forget that you're going to give them a story. And you're going to give them a new story over and over and over so that they could truly share with the lost world how glorious you are. Now, Father, I pray that you would be glorified as people today are set free and made whole and made new. In Jesus' name, amen.